Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Travel Tips Tuesday. A lot has happened in the past week since all the information about Genie Plus and Lightning Lane has come out. All sorts of questions that are out there. We tried to answer some of them last week, and I hope you enjoyed that show. Since then, we've heard a little bit about annual passes, and we'll be talking about that on tonight's episode. And we're also going to continue our journey around Disney's Hollywood Studios and take a look at all things Echo Lake. So if you're confused by the title of the show, that's what it has in common. We're taking a deep look at Echo Lake, some of the things that were and some of the things that are today and some of the things that could have been. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's get into it, shall we? Tonight, this is Travel Tips Tuesday, and it is August the 31st, 2021. Our topic tonight is Disney's Hollywood Studios, Echo Lake. So Echo Lake is one of the larger sections of the park. I'm going to put up the park map up here in just a little bit and kind of show that to you. Uh, hopefully for those of you that are watching live on, on uh, YouTube or Facebook on either the, the Travel, Tip, Travel Tips Tuesday podcast page uh, or on my personal feed, you'll be able to see that as I put it up here in just a little bit so we we can talk through a few things. Uh, so Disney's Hollywood Studios is a great park. Uh, it has changed a lot over the years and we're going to be digging further into it tonight and even uh, throwing a couple of special mentions along the way, which will be fun. But our question of the day, which is right up front uh, on the screen right now is this, what is your favorite fall tradition? What is your favorite fall tradition? As we were saying in the pre-show time, this is one of the times of year when a lot of people just are looking to take a break. And I'm not just talking about, you know, like your Thanksgiving trip to go see relatives or, or your Thanksgiving, you know, day plans or whatever it may be. I'm talking about, you know, your fall breaks. I'm talking about, you know, the hay rides that you go on. Uh, some some folks have already commented earlier on that they love to go apple picking, you know, going on the hay rides and going to pick out a pumpkin, like th that kind of stuff, you know. And if there are trips you like to go, like one of the the, the memories that I have, super fond memories as a child, uh, is going to the Smoky Mountains with uh, my my immediate family. We went up to uh, Cades Cove, if you know uh, where that is in the Smokies in Tennessee, and had a blast doing that. More recently, uh, one of my uh, my wife's family's traditions is about every other year or so, they will go up to Gatlinburg, kind of Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, you know, Sevierville, uh, kind of area. And we'll go up there and kind of rent a condo and hang out Thanksgiving week and just sort of enjoy the area. So uh, a lot of cool fall things we do. We just love, like it's our favorite season of the year. We are those people, right? We are those people that fully embrace all the pumpkin spice. Go ahead, send me all the hate messages. That's okay. I'm totally fine with it. I had my uh, venti pumpkin cream cold brew from Starbucks today. It was delicious. It's the third one I've had of the season so far. And, uh, you know, we've actually got a coffee shop in town that makes all their pumpkin drinks with like real pureed pumpkin. And it's, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty good stuff. It's not like the, not like the stuff you get from Starbucks or some of the other local chain places like Dunkin'. But anyway, I actually prefer their stuff a little bit. But lots of other fall things we do, the pumpkin things, the decorating. I mean, all this stuff that, you know, it's just kind of preceding the holiday season. So, you know, college football. So we're down here in the South. College football is an amazing thing uh, for us as we follow. So, uh, you know, kind of a SEC world, as it were. 
So lots of great, great, great fall traditions. There's a lot of stuff that has been dropped today. Um, like Alani celebrating his 10th anniversary. Uh, more club level resorts are opening up. Disney Kite Tales is getting ready to go. There are more promotions for Walt Disney World and even Disneyland uh, that are start, starting to come out. All sorts of refurbishments that are happening. And this is one of the things that, that I love being able to do is keep up with all this stuff. Uh, and sometimes, honestly, <laughs> it can be challenging to. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and throw this on the screen now. This should work this time, uh, I think. So here we, there we go. All right, cool stuff. See, look, it, it, it can happen, I promise. So uh, Walt Disney World updated their annual pass holder program uh, very, very recently. So these are not uh, on sale as of right now, but I wanted to go ahead and kind of give you all a real quick uh preview of, of what we're going to be going through uh, or what's going to be available as of September the 8th when these come on sale. Uh, there are four tiers. I believe we have one, two, three. Yes, four tiers that are available. You can kind of see a, an homage or a nod to sort of the classic Disney World uh, logo right there. Uh, but the annual pass holder, pass holder program is split up into four different tiers. The first one is called the Disney Pixie Dust Pass. And if you're looking at me live, I'm kind of looking at my monitor over uh, on this side here. Uh, $399 plus tax. It is available to Florida residents only. So $399 plus tax, which equals out to $19 per month for 12 months for Florida residents after a $205 down payment. Uh, basically, you can visit one or more of the Disney Resort theme parks uh, on most weekdays. So it's very specific. Weekdays does not include weekends uh, with an advanced park reservation. It's also subject to blackout dates. So in addition to those weekends uh, that it does not qualify for, it is subject to blackout dates uh, during the week occasionally uh, as well. And you can only hold up to three park reservations at a time. So one of the biggest criticisms of the annual pass holder program, other than it hasn't been available to purchase since the parks reopened, uh, essentially, is that uh, the the limitations held on the passes. Now, I'm not uh, I'm not a pass holder currently, but uh, I do have a very kind uh, travel mation friend, uh, Miss Eva, that sent me this. Uh, right, actually, you can't see it right now because I'm. Um, we'll stop that for a second. That sent me this right here, uh, a Mickey pass holder magnet. Cause I'm not one yet. So I'm not going to like put this on my car and like claim to be something I'm not, but I've got it. She had a few extras laying around. So thank you, uh, Eva for, for sending these out a uh, special shout out to you tonight, uh, for that. But so, uh, that is the first tier, the Disney, Disney pixie, uh, dust pass. So the Disney Pixie Dust Pass that's coming out. It's available to Florida residents only. You can hold up to three park reservations at a time. And it's $399 plus, plus tax. And Florida residents do have the ability to pay for these things month by month, uh, which can be helpful. It can kind of spread the uh, weight of it a little bit. There's also the Disney Pirate Pass, which is $699 plus tax or $45 per month for 12 months after a 205 down payment. So that down payment is the same on every tier uh, that's available in all four tiers where you can visit one or more of the Walt Disney World Resort theme parks on most days. So it's very important to note, it says one or more of the Walt Disney World theme parks on most days. So they've retained that park hopping feature of the annual passes. That's automatic. So it's still, you know, you have to make your first park reservation, just like, you know, all ticket holders. And then park hopping is subject to availability currently as of 2 p.m. Uh, each day based on current, you know, park capacity. So the difference between 
the pirate pass and the pixie dust pass, aside from the fact you can make four park reservations at a time, uh, as opposed to two is that you can visit the Walt Disney world theme parks on most days. So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't specifically black out weekends per se, but it does black out certain peak holiday periods uh, that it mentions. So, and we haven't seen, um, all the information is kind of one of the things that, that Disney does is they kind of release things in phases to sort of tease you, tease us a little bit, I guess it sort of drives us crazy. Uh, it's kind of what they did with, uh, the, the Disney genie genie plus and, and lightning lane stuff. They still haven't answered all the questions yet. They're still not out there. A lot of people were hoping, you know, that, uh, with the annual passes that would come out, that there would be something, some sort of benefit, uh, related to, uh, the, the new version of fast pass, you know, or gene, the genie genie plus system in lightning lane. But, you know, so far there is not, uh, the third option for annual passes, again, that will be available September the 8th, is the Disney Sorcerer Pass. It's $8.99 plus tax uh, or $63 per month for 12 months after that down payment that we mentioned, where you can, again, that park hopper option is there. You can visit one or more of the theme parks uh, per day on most days within advanced park reservations. You can hold up to five reservation. It is right, reservations. It is subject to blackout dates on select days during select Hollywood holiday periods. And that this one specifically is available to Florida residents and Disney vacation club members only. So the first two are Disney, the Disney pixie dust pass and the pirate pass are only available to Florida residents. The third one is Florida residents and the Disney vacation club members only. So if you're, playing along and you're catching up and you haven't like, and you're kind of hearing all this for the first time tonight, uh, you know, if you've been kind of poking around in Disney blogs and been on social media and whatnot in the past couple of days, you've probably may have heard some about this, but there's only one option. If you live out of state like me, which I do, there's only one option uh, that is available for you. And there are a bunch of different ways so you can figure out if this makes sense for you or not. And we're going to talk about some of the add-on stuff uh, very quickly. We may not get to all the things. So if you do have specific questions about annual passes, please drop them in the comments. Uh, I'll take a look in a little bit and we'll see if we can answer those before the show's over. But I want to get to our Hollywood Studios content here in just a little bit. So the, the fourth option is the Disney Incredipass, uh, which is $12.99 plus tax or $99 per month for 12 months uh, with that down payment that's mentioned. And again, the, those payment plans are only for Florida residents, only for Florida residents. Want to be, regardless of which one it is, uh, option one, two, three, or four, the, the, the Incredipass that we're on now, any of them, uh, or, or that, that, that payment plan is only available for, uh, for the residents. Again, you can visit one or more of the Walt Disney world theme parks on the same day with an advanced park reservations, no blockout dates apply, no blockout dates apply. So that's, that's pretty huge right there. And you can hold up to five park reservations at a time. So, you know, look at your calendar. Do you travel enough for this to make sense? You know, you can look at your calendar to figure out, you know, how much are you paying for, you know, park tickets? Are you paying for parking? Because free parking is still included uh, with the, the annual passes. That's one thing they have not taken away that is still there. So three free parking and the park hopper benefit they have, re they have retained. One of the things that they have taken away, uh, and this is very important to be clear about is photo pass. So photo pass is Disney's, uh, basically see these photographers around, around the different parks and they even have a photo pass studio at Disney Springs. 
see them kind of all around uh, different places. You've got the right attraction photo and videos. You've got different magic shots. You've got the photographers taking pictures in front of the, you know, castle and kind of other spots in front of the tree alive at Animal Kingdom, Animal Kingdom and Spaceship Earth and, you know, different parts of World Showcase around Epcot and different parts of Hollywood Studios and whatnot. So they're kind of all over the place. And those photos are part of the PhotoPass system. And generally speaking, for a package, you can pay $169, you know, for the length of your package, no matter if you're going two days or 10, um, it's $169 for basically one purchase for your package when you uh, have a room and ticket package and you're going. That's one of the perks of staying on uh, property. You can purchase that ahead of time uh, and get that early bird discount. It does go up. So a lot of benefits you can get to that. I, I know people that have come back with like hundreds of pictures. A lot of people love just taking their, their old, you know, cell phones and doing their own pictures, which is fine. I know photographers that love bringing in their DSLR cameras, which I used to have one that I would bring into the parks. Honestly, it just got too heavy and I didn't use enough and actually sold it uh, and bought some other things that I needed. So that some of which I'm using tonight to do this. So anyway, PhotoPass has a lot of perks. It's, it's a great option for Disney. And if you PhotoPass was previously um, included with annual pass holder purchases, but for right now, with a new annual pass program, it is going to be a $99 fee annually, a $99 fee annually uh, that is going to be available for you uh, as an option for the annual pass program. So again, uh, there are still the theme park parking that you can see right there, and then 20% safe, 20% on dining, merchandise, and some other things along the way. It says and more, so they're going to throw some things in. They even talked about uh, bonus reservations, as you can see there, uh, and kind of being able to customize it. So, uh, you know, this is it's not terribly far off from what the system was set up. It is slightly more expensive. I mean, I think even with some of the recent changes, kind of my opinion, we kind of expect Disney to raise prices on occasion. Like that's, that's going to happen, right? That that's sort of an expectation. Things are not getting cheaper, right? I mean, you can look at inflation kind of compares numbers from what they were 20, 30 years ago versus what they are now. But uh, all in all, uh, Disney does have a tendency to raise prices on things a couple of times a year uh, with the pandemic and all the things can kind of just sort of see the writing on the wall. I'm not surprised that that top end option is more than it used to be. So uh, there's also a water park, I think, add on option as well. I don't know the pricing for it specifically, um, but that is um, that. So it looks like I was sharing myself for a little bit. So that's fun. Um Anyway, so let's kind of go back here uh, real quickly. Yep, yeah, no, we're done. Okay, cool. So, all right, moving forward. So moving forward, I'm going to go back and check this video later. It's been a while since we've had a technical hiccup, so we're kind of due for one tonight, so that's fine. <laughs> all right, so if y'all do have any questions about annual passes, please let me know. I'm going to be digging into that a little bit more to see if it makes sense for me uh, because I do have a few Disney trips coming up, and I want to make sure that uh, we get the kind of the best sort of experience possible uh, with that. So, uh, and by the way, when, when, when it says, um, so let me go back here uh, real quickly to make sure I'm sharing the right tab this time um, so you all can see that. Here we go. So um, if you can see it right there, so it says hold up to five park pass reservations at a time. Um, basically what that's referring to is like if you're not staying on property, you don't have to stay on property to hold this park reservations. If you do have a Walt Disney World hotel uh, reservation, you can, you can, 
basically book the, the park passes for the length of your stay uh, that you're there. So you're staying, you know, you're checking in on January 21st, you're checking out on the 25th. You can have park passes on the 21st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. If you're checking out on the 26th, you could have six of them. No harm, no foul. But outside of resort stays that are booked on Walt Disney World property, you can only hold a maximum of those amounts that I mentioned uh, earlier. So just to kind of clarify that, because that question probably will come up at some point. So let's talk about Hollywood Studios a little bit more. Echo Lake, that is where we're going tonight. We're going to start off talking about dining. So I hope you've eaten dinner. I did, but I'm actually still a little bit hungry. Uh, So we'll see if I'll have a snack. I'm trying not to eat later at night, but Anyway, so the first option in Echo Lake for dining that we want to go ahead and put up there, and this was one of the restaurants that was one of the uh, last ones, I think, to to reopen uh, in Hollywood Studios for, or more of the more recent ones to reopen in Hollywood Studios. Uh, and it is known for a couple of things, mainly character dining and being a great place for families to gather around the table. It is a family-style restaurant. The food there is pretty decent. I've eaten there before. Uh, it's a fun little environment. It's more relaxed, more laid back. Uh, it's more probably one of the more casual options as far as table service goes uh, in in the park. Uh, they have a couple of different things. And it's called Hollywood and Vine. So it's at the corner of well, Hollywood and Vine. Um, and they have a, it's a character dining experience or so socially distant, you know, whatnot. Like a, a lot of the character experiences are going at Disney right now, but the characters are definitely there. They're coming out, you know, they're opposing to, for you to get your selfies and kind of socially distant pictures and all those kinds of things. And it's fun. It's a, it's a happy environment. Kids love it. Families love it. And it's a great time uh, for breakfast only though. So they don't have the same characters all day. A lot of the restaurants have the same characters at all the different meals, but not all of them. Uh, some of them, as you look, you want to make sure you check the schedules uh, to see who is going to be there when uh, you're dining. And normally, normally it has to do with the season of the year and potentially the time of day that you're dining. Uh, Hollywood and Vine is no exception to that. So Hollywood and Vine at breakfast, they have the Disney Junior Plan Dine breakfast experience that is that is currently running. Where you'll see characters like Vampirina and some of the other Disney Junior pals that are out there. I'm really hoping they'll be they'll bring uh, some of the other more recent ones in and kind of freshen it up a little bit. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. So for breakfast, it's Disney Junior Plan Dine. Uh, for lunch and dinner at Hollywood and Vine, uh, it is Minnie's Seasonal Dine. And this is year-round. So they will have Minnie and friends. So you'll probably see Mickey on occasion, might see Goofy, might see Daisy, you know, some of those, uh, the Fab Five you know, type characters. Maybe not all of them, but they do vary a little bit. Uh, and they put on their seasonal dress. So if it's during the fall, they'll have on fall you know, themed things. If it's during the holidays, they'll, they'll have on their holiday themed garb, which is a lot of fun. You might even see Santa goofy. Who knows? Uh, Sometimes he pops in there. So it is a lot of fun to go there. Uh, I went there, gosh, years, several years ago uh, when we, I think this was maybe 2017 um, or actually no, it was earlier than that. It was way earlier than that because we were doing star Wars weekends there and they had a star Wars themed dining experience. And a lot of the Disney characters were dressed up in star Wars garb and they had Ewoks and stuff there. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun uh, at Hollywood and Vine. Great experience. And let's talk about fifties primetime cafe. If you've never had the experience, of dining at 50s Primetime Cafe. Just like I said on my friends, uh, David Dollar and Jen Novotny's podcast, most recently the Main Street Electrical Podcast, you have to mind your manners. Even says it on the Disney website, you have to mind your man- manners. You want to remember what color the soap is because when you sit down, nine times out of 10, that server is going to ask you, did you wash your hands? 
And if you lie and you say yes, and they call you out and say, well, what color is the soap? You've got to remember. Last time I was there, it's clear, but that may have changed. So it might be foam now. I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. I've got a reservation for a trip coming up. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to check it out. But I wanted to read you the description from uh, Disney's Walt Disney World's official website because I think it's kind of fun, and I'll mention some of my favorite things to dine on there. And that is this. So here you go. Here's their description. Pull up a vinyl chair up to the Formica table and tuck in heartily to some home cooking like mom, dad's mom's old fashioned pot roast, Aunt Liz's golden fried chicken, and so much more. Just make sure you wash your hands, put your napkin in your lap, and keep your elbows off the table unless you want a stern talking to from Uncle Fred. And Uncle Fred could be, uh, could show up anywhere. You never know what's going to happen there. But uh, one time um, I, I don't know what something happened. And I think I was maybe had my elbows on the table and the server, maybe stand up and like sing. It's a little teapot. I'm a little teapot do like, you know, the motions and all that out loud in front of everybody. Everybody laughed and thought it was funny. You know, if you want dessert, you need to make sure you finish all your vegetables. Uh, one of my favorite stories, I guess, uh, is a memory from that, from that restaurant is my wife and I down there on our honeymoon honeymoon. And uh, I was eating chicken pot pie and I said it was the best chicken pot pie I'd ever had when she had very recently made me chicken pot pie. So I could put my foot in my mouth and then it came around for dessert time. And this chicken pot pie had mushrooms in it and I don't like mushrooms. I like the flavor of it. Just don't like the texture of it. And so I kind of like looked at her like my wife and she you know, looked at me and then she like kind of bit the bullet and ate some mushrooms for me. I'm still very thankful for that. So we could have dessert. Um, but I still don't live down the chicken pot pie comment every time I make it or, or we have it. And she's like, is that the best chicken pot pie you've ever had? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's the second best. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not the third best or the fourth best? So uh, they have really good chicken pot pie at prime primetime cafe. Uh, they also have great milkshakes. Uh, they have great fried chicken. Uh, I have some friends that think that the fried chicken at fifties primetime cafe is some of the best that you'll ever have. They could have great pot roast, all the, like that real hearty food. That's just like real solid comfort food, right? That just makes you kind of go, yeah, you know, that's good. This is, this is a good experience. You'll enjoy it there. Uh, it is a lot of fun to dine there in one of my favorite places to be. And I try not to miss it. Uh, if possible, big, big fan of fifties primetime cafe. Next on the list are, there's a couple more things to mention around Echo Lake for dining. And that is Epic Eats. Epic Eats is just a little quick service stop, uh, where if you want to get your funnel cake, so theme parks, funnel cakes go together, right? You can get those at Disney, uh, funnel cakes, you can get your funnel cakes. They have different kind of toppings and options there for you. You can also get root beer floats You can get different soft drinks. So just a place to kind of pick up a snack and get a quick drink to kind of uh, satisfy. So say if you're only doing a couple of big meals in the parks, you can stop over there and grab something to kind of keep you going. Also over in the Echo Lake area, even though this is a bit further from Echo Lake proper, uh, I'm going to put the map up here on the screen. Hopefully I may actually, actually I may not, uh, tonight, but I'll try to put a link to it in the comments later on. Uh, but backlot express. So backlot express actually kind of has a, has a really cool story about it, it behind it. And it's, some people hate it. Some people love it. I, I kind of love it. There's a lot of really cool detail, um, that's makes you feel like you're in this sort of prop shop on the backlot as, as you're eating. 
there used to be an attraction in the park called the Backlot Tour. So it just sort of themed right into that sort of movie production kind of uh, kind of environment. And it was part of the story. It was part of the experience. You're going to grab something on the go. You're kind of on set, so to speak, and you're going to grab a quick bite. So this is the place that you go for burgers, for a quick Cuban sandwich. If you're if you're hot. And you're at a Disney park, which is like, yes, okay, 11 and a half months out of the year, that's going to be the case. You can go to Backlock Express right now. Well, not right now, they're actually closed uh, for the day. They're open until 8 p.m. right now, uh, I believe, um, during during the week. You can grab a frozen cider, super refreshing. You can get your fries and your plastic cheese. If you don't know about Disney Parks, plastic cheese, um, it's it's a thing and it's delicious. You either love it or you hate it. And then one of my favorite things there is the Wookie Cookie. Two oatmeal cookies with vanilla ice cream filling, garnished with a milk chocolate sash on top. Delicious. Absolutely amazing. All right, let's go back here in the um <laughs> uh let's go back here in the comments a little bit and see uh see who has been commenting. Jen says, is, is Echo Lake where um, Goofy has been teaching, teaching Max to fish. And I think so. I don't know that for a fact, uh, but I think you are correct on that. Uh, Cause I haven't been back in a, in a few months to kind of see that, but I think you are correct. Uh, photo pass gave us a great slow motion video when we were on tower of terror. That is pretty cool. Uh, I've got those as well. So that's one of the things I mentioned attraction videos that photo pass offers for you. Uh, some of them are, you'll still get a, like when you go on tower of terror, you still have the, the, fixed photo that you can scan and get access to when you get right when you get off the attraction but if you have photo pass uh you'll also get the uh video so uh, that's a pretty cool option or or you have memory maker rather so daisy and yeah the best milkshakes uh, are pretty good now the only milkshakes um the only ice cream i think that is rivaled uh, somewhat is going to be <laughs> over on uh over on across from the boardwalk at uh at beaches and cream over at the yacht beach club so if you have never been there uh, you want some ice cream it's actually not terribly far from hollywood studios definitely check out beaches and cream it's a great option over that way let's start talking about attractions for a little bit and for those of you that are just popping on our question of the day is what is your favorite fall travel tradition uh we were dropping some of those in the comments earlier i'm going to go back and take a peek and see who is still on watching uh, and all right let's see here Perfect. So Ian says, question of the day, whatever puts me in front of a freshly, freshly pressed, unfiltered apple, apple cider. There's something really great about that. Uh, my wife and I were in Savannah, Georgia, Georgia for our first year wedding anniversary. And we walked by this place on the river in Savannah. That's kind of well known. The river is well known in Savannah. And there's a, a an apple press. They were making like fresh apple cider. I have this visual in my mind, fresh apple cider right there. Uh, on on the river, they had the apples. They had the big machine, kind of pressing everything. You could see the pull up coming coming out, and sort of. Anyway, it was really good stuff. I love fresh pressed apple cider. It's so good. I can't wait to have my first frozen one of the season. Hopefully, pretty pretty soon. David says tailgating at some great college football games. Man, that is something I miss doing. I have been a long time since I've gone uh, tailgating at uh, at a few football games. So have some fond memories of doing that. Pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Let's talk about attractions for a little bit. So we talked about dining. Let's talk about attractions. So uh, kind of the, the tagline uh, that I put on Facebook when, uh, when I was teasing this, and I'll, I'll share this uh, with you all here in a second. I want to put it up to make sure I don't miss it. It looks like some of y'all may be commenting on Facebook right now, which is awesome. 
cool stuff. So here we go. All right. What do you get when you cross <laughs> when you cross Star Wars and uh, the 1950s and a bunch of these other things together? Uh, and a sprinkle in a little bit of Roger Rabbit if you want to, because Echo Lake does have there, there was supposed to be kind of in concept anyway a Roger Rabbit attraction uh, there. Uh, but if you look up above the blinds, kind of coast, close to where sort of above the area where 50 primetime diner is kind of around that area and around the corner, you'll see a rabbit shaped hole in the blinds that is, I believe is still there. And that's an homage to the movie. Uh, we talked about that on uh, the Main Street Electrical, Electrical podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was on with them. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, some other comments on the facebook feed again other people commenting about halloween horror nights uh and apple picking so a lot of fun cool stuff all right so attractions in echo lake uh star tours right so star tours is not part of star wars galaxy's edge star tours is not in batu it is not on the planet of batu it is not part of the kind of formal star wars part of the uh, park itself uh, so in fact you can walk right out star star tours and kind of hang a left and you'll be over at muppet vision 3d you can hang a right and you'll be over towards the backlot express so uh again it's sort of based on how the park's laid out it's it, kind of today doesn't make as much of sense but when the park was first built uh, this attraction was very, very innovative. If you have not watched the, I think it's the Behind the uh, Behind the Magic series that's going on right now on Disney Plus, where they look at a lot of Disney Parks attractions and kind of break down some of the history behind them, sort of abbreviated a little bit. We talked about the one for Tower of Terror pretty recently on the show. Uh, but watch the one on Star Tours. It's pretty neat. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff, how they figured out how the ride motion kind of uh, you know, for virtual technology would work and even some of the challenges they ran into. Uh, and their partnership with George Lucas and Lucasfilm and the eventual acquisition of Lucasfilm by the Walt Disney Company. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. And, you know, I think it makes sense. Like personally, you know, when I heard that uh, Disney was the Walt Disney Company was going to be purchasing Lucasfilm, that was going to be part of Disney Disney fandom as, as it were or in in the in the future of the disney verse it, it sort of made sense like i got it i understood you know there's this partnership that goes back years in with the kind of pursuit of excellence that that disney has with with filmmaking uh and even some tv shows and even their streaming today uh then i'm i'm just a big fan like i, I knew it works there have been some challenges and hiccups along the way so i'm not like an absolute oh everything's great you know um, but you know, like I get it, there's some things that could be better, but all in all, like I couldn't think of anybody better to kind of pick up, uh, the reins and move forward with, uh, George Lucas's legacy. So really cool stuff. So also, uh, over, uh, around, so start, actually, let me back up. So star tours, if you don't know what it is, is an attraction where basically you board this uh, ship that's going to take you on a tour of the galaxy and you get to experience uh, very well-known scenes from the films and it's sort of a motion simulator kind of ride you walk in you can't see c3po and r2d2 and it sort of feels like you're walking into a um, you're walking into a, a spaceport so to speak and then you go into the attraction you put three it's a 3d um, attraction c3po is your pilot and kind of takes you on a tour and things kind of go crazy and you know there's a spy and all sorts of things it's pretty fun like it's in 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 the mix that you get so it's a random mostly random series of 
uh, of, of videos from highlighting different lands and worlds and parts of some of the, some of the films that we know it kind of smashes them all together and it works really well. It's pretty seamless and it's a lot of fun. You'll get almost a different experience uh, most of the time when you go, which is, which is pretty cool. So uh, also right across the way is first time in the forever, a frozen sing-along celebration, uh, which is over part of Echo Lake. And that is exactly what it seems like. Uh, they, different parts of the movies will be shown and talked about from frozen one and frozen two and you will see some of the characters pop out make some appearances uh one of my favorite memories of that is not actually when i was there in person uh but this happened around the release of frozen two i believe uh, josh gad that plays olaf made a personal appearance at the show and came out and sang uh, in summer from the first frozen movie and it was a pretty cool thing just to kind of he was there in person it was a big surprise people didn't know that he was coming out on stage and kind of made an appearance and that was pretty neat so that was, that was really it's one of those sort of disney uh, Disney magic moments that, uh, that happened. So that's pretty cool. So, uh, tattooing traders is, uh, the shopping kind of gift shop area for, uh, star tours. And one of the things we're going to talk about shopping right now, is just a couple little points and I'm going to throw in a couple of special mentions cause we're kind of running a little bit longer than normal tonight, uh, is tattooing traders is before star Wars galaxy's edge was out before, uh, you saw some of the star Wars merchandise, as you entered into the park, uh, into Disney's Hollywood studios, tattooing traders was where you went, uh, to pick up your star Wars, Disney there. They even had some like merge sort of, um, mixing of, of, of the brands, if you will, which you don't see a whole lot. Uh, you don't see Mickey as a Jedi as much as say, maybe you used to, but I have a Jedi Mickey Starfighter uh, that is in my office. That is one of my most favorite, like Disney treasure position, like possessions. It's still in the box and it's just one of those things that I'm going to keep forever. You can't buy it anymore. Um, it's a Starfighter that was modeled after some of the starfighters that you see in the star Wars movies, but it's Mickey in sort of a rebel, uh, sort of starfighter outfit. And it's just, you know, it's pretty neat. It's a pretty neat little thing. You can Google it if you want to see what it looks like. Uh, but, Anyway, so it's one of my favorite things. The other thing you can do at Tattooing Traders is you can put together a lightsaber. Uh, lots of folks know, and this is sort of my travel tip for today. Uh, lots of folks know about the experience at Savi's Workshop in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which we will talk about when we get there. I'm going to have my wife on the show when we talk about Galaxy's Edge uh, later on. And at Tattooing Traders, they still have the sort of plastic extendable lightsabers that you can customize a little bit and you can put together. It's a little bit, it's actually, it's quite a bit less expensive of a uh, memento and a souvenir to take home with you. Uh, they're probably more suited for younger kids uh, that may have a tendency to be a little bit more harder uh, on on their toys, if you were, and they're also more readily available because the, the Savi's Workshop building a lightsaber experience that's, you know, 200 plus dollars now uh, is by reservation only and those products are you know they're they're stout they're not cheaply made but they aren't made to be you know played with necessarily by a two-year-old you know and, and that's just kind of my opinion so if you're looking for something to kind of give a younger child and you still want to kind of give them part of that experience um go there and they have cast members to kind of assist you through the lights through the lightsaber building process there's also frozen fractal gifts so you can get your frozen merch at disney's hollywood studios uh, for sure the other great place to go of course uh, disney springs and the norway pavilion over at Epcot. So a couple of special mentions. I mentioned earlier on uh, that Roger Rabbit uh, had you, was supposed to have more of a central role 
uh, in the parks uh, that does not, there's mainly one subtle nod. And that's why I tell people all the time, when you go into Disney parks, don't just like hit the ground running and kind of keep on moving. Uh, you want to take a look at all the detail. There's so much detail, so much detail uh, around you that Imagineers have taken so much time to make sure it's crafted just right. And that subtle nod to Roger Rabbit is one of the great, Examples of that. So if you're a fan of the movie, be on the lookout for it. Uh, it's there around the Echo Lake area. The last thing I'll mention is this. And you're probably like, well, you stopped on attractions. What about Indiana Jones? Yes, Indiana Jones. So the attractions I mentioned earlier on uh, are the ones that are currently available uh, as of right now. In, in the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Show Spectacular. So if you go there, you see this massive like amphitheater thing, I think can hold around maybe 5,000 people or something like that, plus or minus. Um, and there's a you know, and bunch of actors that are there. It's kind of meant to be like a live, a hot set. There are stunt people, you know, that have been there. Uh, sometimes they'll pick people out of the audience to go and participate. It is just a really fun interactive show uh, that is, has a lot of special effects, pyrotechnics and sword fighting and, and all sorts. I've seen that show like when it's been open and I've been in Walt Disney World. I always go there. Always go there. I have a lot of fond memories uh, of of that show as a younger child, and also as Indiana Jones was in the. Let's see which one was it? It was Indiana Jones, and um, it was the last film that uh, that that was done, and that was my first um, live action movie in the movie theater. So that was pretty fun. So definitely check out the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Show Spectacular if it comes back. I hope it does. There's another Indiana Jones film that's being shot. So hopefully Disney, please bring it back. Uh, that would be awesome to see that and bring up, please bring back some of the other live entertainment that is still missing from the Walt Disney World Resort. So there's still a lot that's coming back. So, and, and that's scheduled to come back. And there's some things that are going on now with the cavalcades and, and more of the, the offerings that, that you're seeing. So uh, hopefully we'll see more of those things come back in the coming months. So let's pop back real quick to the feed. Uh, there are a lot of folks that have been commenting. Thank you all so much for joining me and coming tonight. When y'all interact with me on the show, it just makes it more fun. Uh, it makes it more interactive and it helps me out. It really does. And I really appreciate it. And this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be getting more into Disney's Hollywood Studios. As I mentioned, we'll be talking about Galaxy's Edge. We'll be talking about Sunset Boulevard. We'll be talking about Commissary Lane, where the ABC Commissary is, and Toy Story Land, and all the things. So, you know, don't, don't, <laughs> if we haven't touched on your favorite thing yet, uh, we'll be getting there and I'll probably be throwing that out there. I want to know what your favorite thing is about Disney's Hollywood studios. So that may be our question of the day next week. There's a little teaser for you. So thank you all again so much for joining me tonight on travel tips Tuesday. If you do have any questions about travel planning, as always, I'm a travel agent with travel nation LLC. I do my own thing. I don't charge any extra services and any, anything extra for my services. And I would love to help you plan your next vacation to the Walt Disney world resort or beyond. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight, and we'll see you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.